My name is William Argetta, and I am your host. This is the first episode of a weekly series I'm calling Woman of the Week. This podcast is meant to be fun and educational, and for anybody who wants to learn about influential women and bite-sized information that is enjoyable to digest. The whole purpose of the podcast is to educate you on the subject. That subject being a woman picked for the week. So gather around the campfire or turn on the shower because I'm going to tell you a story of a life. Hopefully, it inspires you in a positive way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get to it. Disclaimer, this episode has some strong imagery. So if you have babies in the room who you want to keep innocent and pure just a little longer, here's the warning. A woman with so much compassion and drive to help those in need. Leaving her family into the unknown to escape oppression to achieve freedom. Things like hunger, getting lost, fear of being captured, or worse, killed. These were all very real problems of self-emancipation. She is a renowned abolitionist, the most well-known conductor of the Underground Railroad, a nurse, a prominent leader for the Union during the Civil War, clearly one of the most badass women ever to walk on the earth. Now, there are a lot of embellished stories and misinformation about her. And while I think she's worthy of these badass legends, but for the sake of the podcast purpose, we're going to keep it as historically accurate as possible with every episode. Although she was born with the name Araminta Ross, we know her famously as Harriet Tubman, one of the most recognized icons in American history. And that is the Woman of the Week. Historians believe that she was born somewhere between 1815 to 1822, but they haven't figured it out for sure. If you think about it, while it wasn't uncommon for slave owners in large plantations to keep some slave birth registers, unfortunately just not all born into slavery would get documented. She was born with the name Araminta Ross, with her nickname being Minty by her parents. Her mother, Harriet, Ritt Green, and her father, Ben Ross. We do know that Harriet was born in Dorchester County, Maryland. We also know that she was one of nine children and her parents were owned by two separate families making it difficult for her mother to keep them all together. Harriet began to work at a very young age. At age five she was hired as a nursemaid for a baby. She had to make sure the baby was rocked day and night either in the cradle or in her arms. And at five years old you're still a baby so She was definitely far too young for this kind of labor. And the worst part was that if the baby was heard crying by the mother, Miss Susan, Harriet would be whipped around the neck, leaving her with her first scars by the brutality of treatment of slaves. Her childhood is considered to be the period of her life where she was severely neglected. At age 12, Harriet took her first documented action that likely sparked the strong female freedom fighter who stood up for justice we know today. While it's quite tragic what happened, this is sometimes how heroes are made. She put her life in front of another when she refused to let a fugitive slave get captured. The owner of the slave threw a large metal weight across a room attempting to hit his slave, but instead it hit Harriet right 
in the head. Harry recalls the incident years later. The weight broke my skull and cut a piece of the shawl clean off and drove it into my head. They carried me to the house all bleeding and fainting. I had no bed, no place to lie down on at all, and they laid me on the seat of the loom, and I stayed there all day and the next. This act of heroism had lifelong consequences. For the rest of her life, she would suffer from headaches, narcolepsy, and periodic seizures. But this shit didn't stop her because she's just too goddamn batshit awesome. In 1844, Harriet married John Tubman. This is where she coins her last name that we know today. He was a free black man. While they were married, it was not harmonious. When she told him that she planned on escaping, he said he would tell her master. The man did not want to support her plan. In 1849, her owner died, so she was fearful of being sold away from her family. So Tubman, who is a devalued slave due to her health issues, escaped the Maryland plantation with her brothers, Ben and Henry. But after having second thoughts, her brothers decided to turn back. However, for Harriet Tubman, this was only the beginning. She went back partially just to make sure her brothers were all safe. You know, everything's chill. But this woman was on a mission to free herself. So she turned back around and proceeded north. Tubman traveled at night, and just as other fugitives have done, such as Frederick Douglass, the North Star was her guide, and in a way, her beacon of hope to freedom. A Quaker woman, whose name is unknown, is considered the first person to help Tubman on her travels. We know that the Quaker woman was a member of the Underground Railroad Network that provided safe houses and transportation for fugitive slaves. Just for context purposes, the Underground Railroad was the name of the entire system that helped fugitive slaves escape. It had many routes called lines, and the free individuals who helped runaway slaves were called conductors and the fugitive slaves were referred to as cargo. Many homes where slaves can stay had lanterns lit outside the cabin just so they can know that this is a safe place, and they used secret codes to ensure safety for the, all the operations. Tubman herself would become a conductor, the most famous one actually, but we will get to that soon. She eventually found her freedom in Pennsylvania after... She eventually found her freedom in Pennsylvania after crossing the Mason-Dixon line. That line is the dividing line between the states that had slavery and the states free from slavery. So crossing that line must have made her feel a bit like a baller. In 1850, the Fugitive Slave Act was amended and it allowed the capture and return of fugitive slaves to the rightful owners within any territory in the United States, including the free states. So now, the stakes are higher. In December... The now conductor Harriet Tubman took her first trip, freeing her niece, Kesiah, her husband, John, and their two children. With this Fugitive Slave Act abound, Harriet now had to free the slaves even further into Canada. In 1851, she came back for her man, but he refused to leave. In fact, he was actually remarried to a new woman by the time she returned. So she just turned around and left. It's widely reported that Harriet Tubman emancipated about 300 slaves, but those numbers may have been exaggerated since her biographer, Sarah Bradford, wanted her story to sound more exciting. However, Tubman herself reports these numbers are too high and they were much lower. But that doesn't make her story any less badass, though. Here is a woman who had health issues and continues to pursue a mission of helping others. For 10 years, she did 19 liberating missions and was proud to have, and I quote her, never run my train off the track, and I never lost a passenger. 
After that decade, she tried to rescue her sister, Rachel, but found out that she has, unfortunately, passed away. She winded up saving another family instead, which concluded her involvement with the Underground Railroad, but her shit was not over yet. In 1861, when the Civil War broke out, she was involved as a nurse, a cook, and a recruiter, but in the end, she would find herself in a position as a spy, and basically becoming a secret military weapon. She was quite the fucking figure. Intel provided by her led to a raid called the Combahee River Raid in June 1863, which led to the emancipation of more than 750 slaves. That's just so inspiring. Everyone that was alongside her was inspired to fight with her because they knew her as Moses of her people. And because of this operation, some even called her a general. The Civil War would end on April 9th, 1865, and she would settle with family and friends on the land she owned in Auburn, New York. There, she would marry former slave and Civil War veteran Nelson Davis. Tubman was a philanthropist who would provide help for anybody who was in need. And although she would remain illiterate for the rest of her life, she would attend and speak up on behalf of the women's suffrage movement led by Susan B. Anthony. At this age and due to her health issues, her health was failing. But she was continuing to serve the community until the end of her life on March 10, 1913. She would take in the elderly, take care of the mentally disabled, completely free of charge because she never cared about the money. Pneumonia took her life but schools, museums, streets would all bear her name in her honor. Tubman even had a World War II Liberty ship named after her, the SS Harriet Tubman, christened in 1944 by Eleanor Roosevelt. She was buried with military honors in Auburn, New York. She is a woman whom we can all look up to for strength, a woman who was an illiterate slave, who became an abolitionist, a nurse, a union spy, and a hero known all around the world. Because of her legacy, we will always remember her. Tubman's last great dream was always to help others even more. That was the 1908 opening of the Harriet Tubman home next to her estate in Auburn. Tubman herself moved into the home in 1911 and died there. Always the caretaker, always the leader. Tubman's last words to her loved ones were unsurprisingly, I go to prepare a place for you. Since last week was Juneteenth, I thought I should talk about it a little bit. It is the oldest celebrated holiday in the United States, celebrating the ending of slavery. It happened when Major General Gordon Granger landed in Texas and informed that enslaved people were now free. Two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation—sorry, two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation, concluding slavery in the United States as non-existent. It's important we know this day, and it's great because if you look up the Google Trends for Juneteenth, you can see that it has exploded this year as opposed to any other year. So at the end of each episode, I'm going to have a listener say a quote on an influential woman to them. And who knows, maybe one day that woman would be a topic for an episode. Maybe that woman might be you. But this week's quote is brought to us by Sierra West from Sacramento, California. I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. Audrey Lord. All right. So to all you women listeners out there, remember that you are a woman of the week every week. And for all the non-women out there, you're doing terrific. I hope you enjoy.
enjoy the show. <laughs>